Hello, everybody. You listen to J Movie Talk, episode 256, as I'll be talking the movie Mo Better Blues. <laughs> I want a man who knows what he wants. I know what I want. My music, everything else is secondary. What you and I do is not make love. <laughs> what would you call it, Dad? It's definitely not making love. You ever heard of the Mo Better? Mo what? Mo Better makes it Mo Better. What about Delvis? I like her too. I like women. You said it was a million and one shot, they wear the same dress and the same day and see each other. Like it or not, you're a dog. You're a good doggy, but you're a dog nonetheless. Get off! What? What did you call me? Bleak, how in the hell can you call me by her name? Boy, they got all kind of people in this club tonight. Look at that little ugly guy at the bar. Hey, fella! <laughs> Trying to sneak in here in the color section. I see you. He's a horrible manager. Everybody can see that but you. The midget should go bleak. You know my name is Giant. Every night we go with it. Look, Giant is my friend. Giant? I mean, that's a joke. Is that a joke? It's a joke. We couldn't manage a little league thing. Minor league. You keep coming up short. You No, 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 no. It's because she's white. Is she white? Because she's white. Yes. Oh. Yeah, she's a nun. Won't give me none. Ain't had none. Oh, she didn't. She didn't need none. Pirates are playing the Mets in the doubleheader. Give me the Pirates of both games and Mets need some more black ball players. What are you gambling again? How much you owe? Don't break him. Let's give him a break. Break his legs, his arms. People are listening. Everybody's deaf. People Brother, ain't nobody listening. People are you got listening voice. to my voice. My boy. You put them lips on the trumpet. Academy Award winner Denzel Washington in a new film from Spike Lee. We thank you for coming because you didn't have to come. You could have stayed home and uh, watched Arsenio Hall or something. <laughs> Mo Better Blues. And joining me for this episode, I had to bring in once again a big stepper for this one y'all have heard him plenty of times on this podcast and i'm talking about the one the only mr jeff from jeff versus world podcast how you doing sir doing good doing good what's going on everybody good yeah. to be back yes like i say i mean probably for the rest of the month you might be on these episodes we're gonna wait Uh-oh. and see <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know it's it's denzel month and i mean i kicked it off with ricochet and uh yeah, decided to go. Let's do. Let's do a Spike Lee. Let's do Mo Better Blues. So yeah, it's 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 dope that I'm getting a chance to do a Spike Lee movie because me and Shahid, we've been back and forth in what movies we wanted to do because, excuse me, some of his movies didn't age well. Oh no, bar some of certain things. So I feel like Mo Better Blues is one of those movies that you can do. Yeah, plus you know we we still seeing Denzel on the come up because he hasn't got to that Denzel Washington you know status just yet. 
he's still on the come up at this point. And I think he, I think he's 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 a cultural he's a positive cultural icon right now. Like you know, women. Oh, Denzel. You know, I think he's there right now, but he's not Denzel Washington. Everybody loves. You know what I mean? Yeah, just, just quite yet because it, it's funny seeing him. I mean, we're gonna talk about it a little bit more, but just seeing him in this movie, just like like I talked about on the Ricochet episode, you really don't. He kind of got away from this version of how he would be you know in, in movies later on especially like in the in the mid to late 90s he started to get away from that ricochet that mo better blues type of where he was ensemble kinda, cast yeah I, I, ensemble cast movie he kind of like you know just went away from that yeah so okay so speaking of the cast uh, i mean just real quick i mean this is a spitely joint so of course we're gonna we're gonna mention some regulars but uh the cast that consists of, of course, Denzel Washington. Um, you got Spike Lee, who early on in his career loved to put himself in his own movies. Um, <laughs> you got Wesley Snipes, you got Goncalo Esposito, you got Robin Harris, you got uh Spike Lee's sister Joy Lee, Bill Nunn, uh, both Taturo brothers, John and Nick show up in this. Um, and then of course, my favorite. And I'm, I'm going to put it out there right now. She is my favorite in this movie. And I'm talking about Cindy Williams because I mean, that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's an inside joke. Um, And then, I mean, we got Samuel Jackson who shows up. We got Charlie Murphy. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot of regulars that are Spike Lee, you know, that show up in Spike Lee movies. Um, just like overall, I know you, we talked about an ensemble cast, but just what do you think about this cast particular? Man, seeing Denzel and Wesley interact with each other was like, yo, y'all didn't want to do anything else with each other? Right? The chemistry was just so good. Um, the cast is just amazing. Like, I think this is one of my favorite Spike Lee uh movies as far as cast go because this is just stacked i mean seeing robin harris just brought a smile to my face i, I just i had forgot he was in this movie but they really highlighted him in this movie too i'm like damn he got a lot of shine in this movie because he got what two sets two or three sets mm-hmm. and then so, him him riffing on the ass when they was there arguing and shit. he just come in there just kind of ease the tension because <laughs> yeah. he just started cracking on him and Real quick, I do apologize if you can hear my background because it's Friday and uh, every Friday the yard people they love to come and do the do the uh, landscaping out here. So they right here by my building actually. Keeping you neat. Don't worry about that. Yeah. So so I apologize if you can hear the background. Um. Yeah, I mean, I I just enjoy this cast overall too, and and like you said, this is the only time that we got to see Denzel and Wesley together, especially when. You know, in the '90s, they was one and one A as far as you know, black actors. It was like it was either Denzel or it was Wesley, and we know they were friends in real life. It just, it's just kind of interesting. Like this was the only movie that they did together. So yeah, because yeah. I think early '90s, I want to say Wesley was a little bit ahead. Like Wesley was that dude because this is I think this movie was done in 1990. Mm-hmm. So Wesley was like a little bit in front, but Denzel was about to be on his ass and just run, you know, run past him. But um, yeah. Yeah. Espe- especially when it came to action, because 
Right. Wesley is the one that really like went, you know, head first into the action stuff later on with Passenger 57 and yeah, Drop Zone. And yeah, Denzel, he was like, no, nah, I'm going to still do this, you know, this uh, this serious drama type stuff. And there's like, as he got older, he's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe I'll get more into this action thing, you know? <laughs> so, as Wesley got, excuse me, as Denzel got older, his selections became more, you know, no, yes. Um, he was more, how should I say, diligent when it came to picking his roles and movies that he was going to do. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, so just to kind of give a little insight about the movie as far as how it starts off, which I thought it was interesting that the movie starts off the way it does because when we get to the end, it's almost like a full circle type thing where it starts off in 1969. And we're introduced to young Bleak, his father and his mother, and he's practicing his trumpet and everything. And giant, you know, the little kids and and they come up, Bleak, Bleak, and you know that whole thing where it's kind of funny. Like they want him to come out inside and play, and he's like, I gotta practice, <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know, and all that. Um, but the one thing that stood out to me about that whole scene is how his mother was. I was like shit was she like was she the original joe jackson or something <laughs> like wait a minute I, I, listen uh looking at that part now it's kind of wild because i was like yeah why are you so determined for him to play this trumpet but i guess they wanted to get him some focus they want to keep him out keep him out yeah, streets, yeah. you know because because look how giant turned out right Goddamn them streets. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I mean, like I told you, uh, and I'll let the listeners know too, that this is not a, like, just going through scene by scene type of uh, episode. So we're going to kind of, like, skip to, I feel like, more important stuff. But when you watch the movie, there are a lot of, like, musical scenes and stuff like that. Stuff that just kind of, kind of runs through. I almost felt like it's, if you take out some of that stuff, this movie is probably what maybe maybe 90 minutes, maybe. I think 30 minutes, uh 30 minutes of music is happening about yeah. in the movie. So I'll say 20 to 30 minutes. So take that out. You got about an hour, hour 30, hour 20 movie. Okay. Yeah. So something like that. So one of the things that I did want to talk about, and it's probably like one of the biggest themes of this movie, and that is the relationship between bleak clark and indigo and just how i feel like how this kind of speaks to a lot of stuff that goes on in real life where we have this man who has two different relationships with these two very different women but it gets to a point where he kind of forgets who's who in a way um bleak is a, a womanizing piece of shit let's just call it what it is yes he is but um, everybody <laughs> no. knows i think i think the best way to explain it is that everyone knows about each other and there's a certain respect there and bleak doesn't happen as time goes on he gets messy basically he gets messy yes it's it's like okay i know i know you well from clark at least i know you got your other woman i know this but when you with me 
don't you ever call me by her name don't you ever basically don't disrespect me that, that, that's what it, that's what it feels like even from, from both sides with, with both of them it's a don't disrespect me by including the other one because that scene when they're at the club he had both these ladies pull up in the same goddamn dress like what kind of goofy shit is that <laughs> he got messy man he thought he could get out himself out of every, anything and I love the way that Indigo played it because she she didn't say she, initially in the beginning of the movie. She just said, I know you're a dog. You're a dog. She didn't say, you know, Clark, but she knew about it. She wasn't stupid. Yeah. But she just said, you're a dog. And, you know, you know he talked about it's a dick thing and some nod. He was always spewing nonsense that they were by because he had that charm and charisma. He could float with that for a little while until his ass got sloppy. And boy, did he get sloppy because, I mean, that... I mean, because I posted that scene, you know, with, with, with going back and forth with him having sex with them. It, but I will say this. That's probably like one of my favorite Spike Lee directed scenes because of how they cut it of where, you know, he's with one. Then they switch and it's the other. We switch and it's because he's doing the same. He basically having sex with these women the same exact way. There is no difference. So he fucks around. And he calls Clark Indigo, call Indigo Clark. And. Mm-hmm. The way that plays where they literally, you know, they snap on his ass, which rightfully so. And I get a kick out of out of um, Clark when she's there. Like, you can practice for eight hours, but you can't take the time <laughs> to know my goddamn name right. and everything. <laughs> it's just, it's it's a wild scene. He's just sitting there like, oh, huh? Like, yeah, yeah, he got to take it because he know he fucked up. He but, tried to talk his way out of it, but there ain't no talking your way out of some shit like that. No, you really can't because once you call, once you call a woman by another woman's name, that's oh, like yikes. Ugh, like, ugh. like boy, you better you better do some Lenny Williams type shit yeah. <laughs> at that point. But um, I know we kind of talked a little bit about Denzel, but just I mean, like, how do you feel about his performance in this movie? And well, basically, just his performance in this movie. Um, I thought his performance was pretty good in this movie. He brought what he needed to the character. You know, I like the way that basically they didn't uh, beat you over the head from what you knew. He was practicing Muslim. He was a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, "My life, my life needs structure." And you know, all every aspect of his life is like timed out um, stuff that he have to do. And stuff like that. Uh, he's very, very, very um, selfish. Yes. And they showed that. Like, it's all about him. It's not about anybody else. He'll feed you some bullshit like he was feeding Clark. Because Clark, you know, basically, he feels like that, well, you ain't going to find nobody better than me. Or you're not going to even find a better situation than me. So mm-hmm. he just lets people rock out and do what they want to do. He never really presses anybody or pushes them to side with him or deal with him to just do what they want to do and like i said his charisma and charm is like the thing that as the viewer attracts you and as the characters of indigo indigo and clark that's what they're attracted to because they like he's confident you know he has a way that he carries himself that is just attractive to the you know attractive to the to the women so it's just like damn i don't know but you know you got shadow in the background, <laughs> whispering <laughs> in uh, Clark ear, and I think that has something to do with 
she was getting sick of the bullshit because everybody else see it and she sees it, but she don't want to see it. And that's the whole thing. When she actually realized this motherfucker don't care about me. He doesn't even respect me enough to call me by my name. And is he really going to put me on or is he just bullshit? Because he just keep on saying, you know, you got you got some talent, but, you know, I don't know about that. I want to mix my business with what you got. So he always got some excuses of why he don't want to put her on and stuff like that. But as short to short answer to short, short way answering your question is basically, yeah, Denzel did an absolutely fantastic job. His performance still holds up in 2022. And yeah, and I, I feel like he, I feel like the character of Bleak now watching because I've been watching this as a kid, and you know, as a kid, you don't really understand all of the adult stuff, yeah, because you're, you're a kid. But mm-hmm. when you are an adult and you kind of watching it, and I, I feel like the character of Bleak is somewhat of a cautionary tale too, in a way. Of where you're, you're this guy who is basically, I don't want to say a rising star, but he's some, he's like a star within the jazz community in New York. And, but it's like as time kind of goes on, he, like you say, he gets sloppy because of how he started dealing with his women. And then when, his friendship becomes a liability with giant and then what happens you know to him in the end i feel like that's a cautionary tale like maybe if he was a better person or made better decisions he wouldn't have ended up the way he ended up too it's it's definitely a um a reap what you sow yeah type movie and it's uh it's a thing of you get all these red flags and people warning you and you know you got a bullshit manager. You got a bullshit manager. Yo, you ain't doing your job. And you're like, he just like, that's my friend. All right. He could be your friend, but does he really need to manage his band? So I I really enjoyed rewatching it. The the little nuggets they were putting there, like letting you know. Like, mm-hmm. and he even told him, like, I'm not gonna be there for you all the time. But the time he was there for him really changed his life. Ooh, boy, did it. <laughs> um so speak, speaking of this bullshit manager, this uh, scammer giant played by Spike Absolutely. Lee. So you know what? I'm not even gonna say he a scammer. He's just uh, he's just uh, what's the good word? <laughs> he's he's there. He you know what? You know who he kind of remind me of? He he almost reminds me of Ed Norton in Rounders with Matt Damon. Got a better one for you. Okay. He's basically Keanu Reeves in hardball. That's basically mm. who he is. Mm. <laughs> so maybe he need to go. Maybe he should have went and managed a little league team. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably because he has a, a, a bad thing about betting on games. Boy. The gambler. But but just, I mean, Spike Lee, the director, I feel he does a good job with this movie. This is actually one of my favorite Spike Lee directed movies. But uh, how'd you feel about Spike as the actor playing this character? It's hard. It's hard. I, at times, he's fine. And then other times, this is like, okay, he's just being Spike Lee. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I never, I didn't feel the whole time he was giant. I felt like he was just Spike Lee. 
But then there's times where I'm like, okay, he did a good job right there. But it's only like really a few small times. Um, but is it enough to make me be like, I don't know, you know, make me feel different about the movie? No, no. I still enjoy the movie for what it is. Yeah. And I mean, because I, I always, I've always said about Spike that he basically tried to make himself be the black Woody Allen. You know I what I mean? Because yeah. you, I mean, I've never really watched any Woody Allen movie, but I've always well, will I ever? <laughs> right. <laughs> but just from the little stuff that I've seen and stuff, as far as his movies and then like watching Spike Lee movies, I've always felt like yeah, Spike basically wanted to be the black Woody Allen. Because like, why are you putting yourself in your movies, especially and then the characters that you would play? It's like I feel like a better actors should have played those parts and they probably would have made those characters a little bit more than what they were because i mean i mean maybe it was that thing of nobody else gonna put me in the movie so when i put myself in the movie so and you know the one thing i can't say he never like overshot the roles he put himself in so it's just some little miniature little minor role or something like that little you know this is probably let me think this is the most extensive thing he's did as an actor Trying to think, maybe. Well, between this and what, maybe school days. Yeah, this is school days. So I mean, it was well, fine for nineteen ninety. Well, even I just even, don't think it's. I just don't think it like it aged well because you just. I, I feel like I get out of it at certain points. I, I would throw in. I would throw in Malcolm X too, a little bit because you know he's his best friend Ooh, at, in that yeah. first half too. So yeah, it's like it's like maybe somebody else played those three roles. But he was out like the middle of the movie, then he came oh, yeah. back for a little bit. See, so, yeah, so I, I would say either this or um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think this is this is the movie I said the, this is the this is the most like he's been featured because featured, yeah. school days he was kind of even in and out too, yeah. I mean, but then again, that's another ensemble, <laughs> so True. yeah, he's um, smart, he hides himself with an ensemble, and I think that's the smart way of doing it. Oh. Oh, well, we can't forget his first movie. She's got to have it because he's in oh, that. Yeah, is. <laughs> is he being like the Mars, the Mars black black guy? Yes, that's yeah. that's the that's the that's the that's the genesis of uh, Mars Blackman. Yeah. <laughs> hey, but well, he he made out all right in the end doing them commercials with Michael Jordan. Right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, <Okay. laughs> all right. So, I mean, we kind of talked a little. Uh, we didn't really talk too much about the band dynamic. But uh, this this okay. This might be one of the wildest bands. <laughs> just to, I feel like this is the conversations that uh big condition be having. <laughs> God. So so who's uh who's left hand showing up late oh, all the goddamn God. time? I wish I would. I wish I would know. I, I don't know. But I just feel like that's <laughs> shit that be going on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We'll be late again. We'll just be late again. But but they, I mean they was clowning him at every chance. Either he late or the fact that he got this white woman and she French and it's like what the fuck? Oh, is she from Queens? <laughs> yeah, what Queens? Where 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 is she at from Queens? All right, I'll say this: the dynamic with them in the dressing room, you can tell it was just them riffing. Oh, yeah. like the, both scenes, it was just like them just shooting the shit, and they were just like, you know, let's record this, let's get this on film. So, and it, it is it is funny, like. Like how people see Goncalo Esposito now, right? But, but seeing him back there, especially in Spike Lee movies, like I mean, a young, a young Esposito, 
right? And he pulling up and everything, looking like like he straight out the nineteen forties or something. With, with I forgot the. <laughs> They got the what the the cigarette and a little cigarette holder smoking it. Yes, so I was like, man, what is wrong with this dude? Yeah, and he he probably ain't never been to France. He met this woman, and he just changed his whole style. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and both of us know people like that. I'm very sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> they do shit like oh I met this one. Oh, I didn't change. Oh I'm I'm like man I know you. You like, what the fuck are you doing? Knock that shit. Knock that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> right and and. And, and basically, that's what they was doing to him a lot. Like, not that shit off. Like, what, what are you doing? But because he kept being late, and he kept bringing her to the back room, right? Like, like, what are you doing? Like, fuck, who's, I, I always want to say this is this is some of that damn uh, uh, the Beatles shit. John John Lennon pulling up with Yoko and Paul and everybody. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> oh. But I did. I enjoyed them. And I think you're right, though, that this is probably like Spike just said, are we going to put the camera on it? Since we all friends anyway, it's just, all right, just go. And we're going we gonna to put in whatever like looks good. So, um, but yeah, the band, like I said, the band is interesting, but the, one of the biggest kind of running things throughout the movie is that Civil War type thing of where the band do feel some type of way about how Bleak is treating them. Well, you know what I think that is and what I caught watching it? I think that's the thing of they're trying to, he's trying to protect Giant because Giant made the deal. But that, like he said, that was the best deal we could get at the time. So he's trying to protect his friend while kind of like just riding out the other bandmates. Like, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Look, look, I know about it, you know, whatever. Well, but like Wesley kind of already know, like, we need a new manager because I need money. Basically, yeah. Well, Shadow was kind of acting like Ice Cube and um, <laughs> straight out of costume. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? Nah, I the uh, Cube was right on that shit. He the was. Man they had a burger in his hand. They eating at a restaurant. Must be nice. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, but yeah, I just, I just thought that was kind of interesting, especially like when things start really go sideways, and and later in the movie when you know Shadow he goes and start his own band. Most of the band is with Shadow. You know, yeah. They, they, they rolling with him. Um, so we gotta talk about, like I say, my my favorite, Miss Cindy Williams in this movie. And this was her first movie, too. Um I just, wouldn't I, I couldn't even tell. Right? Oh, uh, yeah. just just like how do you feel about her? And do you think she probably should have had a bigger career after this? Ooh, bigger career, absolutely. Um, I can see her being in a lot of things that I've watched. Um, but she was awesome in this movie. I think she was great. I think she brought a sense of her character was like free. You know, she didn't have these constraints like bleak. And she wanted to get on. She wanted to get put on. Like, but she was like, I'm working though. It wasn't a thing of like she wanted to get put on a handout. She was basically saying, like, I want a shot. I knew I should be up there. And um, Bleak, I think Bleak in a sense, he didn't take advantage of that, but he wasn't hearing her. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing of a lot of things in the movie. He wasn't hearing his women until he got down bad. And even at that point, it's like it's too late because you saw what happened with her. You saw, you saw how Indigo was acting. And, you know, when you when you finally figure it out, it might be too late. So 
words words of advice listen to your woman yeah yeah especially when you, <laughs> especially when they tell you you need to get your life life in order right so yeah but i think she was awesome in this movie and i do think she should have had a bigger career because what was funny i've seen her in only three movies this one false move and then the damn movie caught up and i still can't believe she was in that but um it's like yeah she she has a she has a presence and i will say this the chemistry between her and denzel is like couldn't like, you seen her being a um stewardess on passenger 57 yes and if you see. think about it if you think about it she kind of do look so, look like her yeah. yes yeah. yes and it makes me wonder like did wesley probably try to get her there for like nah we, we want this one which i have no problem with the actress who played the, the stewardess but it, it, I, yeah she definitely could have been running around that damn playing with wesley snipe <laughs> so but yeah, I was, uh, who knows? Maybe she found out Hollywood want her thing. You never know. Yeah, that could, hey, that could be it too. That, that, that definitely could be it. Cause I mean, we hear those stories a lot where like people get on and, and they do like a few movies and like, I ain't doing this shit no more. And they don't want to play the game. So, but always, but I've always felt like, yeah, she should have been a bigger star than what she was and everything. And I, and I still don't feel like even with this movie, like, people don't really be like yeah damn she was she was dope and yeah why didn't she do more on um, and everything but but like i said but that chemistry behind denzel though is it, it's something because i don't know if you ever seen the uh the pictures like the promotional pictures they take like they took for the movie and yeah i did i seen it's it, i don't know it's just something like now i, I like I, said, I ain't trying to say denzel was you know stepping out of Paul Letter or something. But. Did, you, did, did you know she was married to Billy Bob? Two years. 1990 to 1992. That makes sense because One False Move came out around that time. Because Billy Bob wrote that. that oh, she that, did a lot of other more movies. I'm looking at her on IMDb. No, she did. It just it wasn't nothing like on a, on a big scale. Yeah. And like I say, those probably... The, the three movies I mentioned is probably the three biggest movies you did. Yeah, because uh, some of these other movies, I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but but it but it tells you a lot of, about Billy Bob Thornton. Like, yeah, okay. Like, how you go from her to Angelina Jolie? But all right, I guess. But man was shooting jumpers. He was like all wet. It's <laughs> <laughs> goddamn it, <laughs> but. Well, yeah, like I said, if you haven't seen One False Move, I do recommend checking that one out because that's a that's a good movie too. Um, and Billy Bob being a damn menace in that goddamn movie. Um, but I don't know. I've always had that kind of suspicion in the back of my mind. Like, yeah, they had really because if you look at how she is with Denzel and then how she is with Wesley, it's like with Wesley, it's like they just acting, but with Denzel, that felt like. But you know, you could say that for, for young Denzel, uh, you could say that for a lot of his co-stars that were women. I mean, it's just facts are facts. Well, don't don't say that about Julia Roberts in Pelican Brief because oh, God, God. <laughs> them, them women was ready to murder goddamn Julia Roberts. The hell you kissing on him for like, what the fuck? Wild times. <laughs> Never forget that. Like, this is just my friend. Like, we friends, goddammit. 
I don't hear that shit. Yeah, that, that's probably one reason why, you know, he really have too many white uh, co-stars after that. Oh, he said that. He said uh, he was very aware of his fan base. So, you know, he was just always being observant of things like that. Yeah. And his son, he don't give a fuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Yeah, don't give a fuck. Look, I'm gonna try to avoid talking about John David because if I say something about John David, this is gonna turn into a damn tenant podcast. So, oh, uh, uh, we're not doing saying, it. even even in that fucking uh Netflix movie that came out, he was in. I'm like, damn, you love your love your white Caucasians. Okay, I got you. <laughs> I am not my father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he definitely was oh. an old man. Yeah, he's making a he making a he making some good choices as far as stuff he's showing up in. Um all right, so one of the other biggest things too, I mean we talked a little bit about uh giant, but this whole thing with his gambling and him getting beat up by damn Samuel Jackson and, and Leonard Thomas, that's it just like what do you think about the fact that Sam Jackson playing a damn muscle, you know. Or they're a breaker, basically. But that's what 1990. That it fits. It definitely fits. <laughs> I mean, because at that time, I think Denzel was the one like just scooping him up and everything, right? Yeah. It was that jungle fever. He was always like, you know, he was always looking for some form until he, you know, really blew the fuck up. What movie made him blow the fuck up too? Was it The Negotiator? No, it was Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. That yeah. was the movie. Yeah. That was '94. I think it was like maybe a combination of things. I feel like Pulp Fiction was like a moment, but maybe you're right. (laughs) No, because let's say Pulp Fiction was 94. He got nominated. Matter of fact, him and John Travolta got nominated for Pulp Fiction. And then it's like after that, it just started, you know, everything. Because Negotiates was 97, I think. Okay. So, yeah, you're probably right. It's like after that, Sam Jackson was like the man to be man. in everything yeah so and look, and look at him now he's still in every goddamn thing so uh, that's wild he's in his mid-40s at in this damn movie but right but that shit is always funny though with the two of them basically you know stalking the um, stalking giant around because this motherfucker old money because he got yeah. before the incident at the club it was almost comedic because <laughs> yeah. it was like some Looney Tunes shit. <laughs> when they when they first get him, you know, he literally sit there in the car, wait to open the door, his ankle flying over the damn thing. Yeah, ah! I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then, okay, explain this to me. Or maybe, maybe try to explain it. Why would they okay, Sam Jackson get him in the back seat and got him in a damn headlock? Why right. the, why the hell is the dude driving? He breaks because his fingers is already broke. He breaks, he snaps it. So and then he just driving with it like they got this crazy ass smile on his face. Like, what the I hell? I think he was double jointed. So it was supposed to be a thing that's supposed to look like it's broke. You know, the whole uh, Alexa Bliss thing yeah. with the arm. So he's double jointed. So he could do that. So it's basically like, yeah, we won't break your hand. And he just sitting there normal, like laughing about it. <laughs> but it's like, what? And it's like, okay, they are basically, you know, you know, getting the money, but okay. So who broke Sam Jackson league? <laughs> because he walk around in the game. So it's like, wait, good question, <laughs> good fucking question. <laughs> it's like, okay, did they owe people money too, and people was messing them up, but they going around messing other people up? Like, what the hell? Or, 
or was Sam Jackson really injured? Hmm. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you never thought about that. I can tell. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know because, like I say, it's just weird that the both of them always look like they was messed up too. And it's like, hmm, okay. But yeah, baby, was he really injured? And he was just like using that, I guess, to kind of sneak up on people. Oh, it's a dude with a K. Oh, he, oh, shit. You know, type of thing. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, I agree. Like you said, it is kind of like some Looney Tunes shit up until that ending. Um, but his gambling, it plays a big part. And eventually, like we talked about, it's like the some basically the reason of the downfall of of Bleak, because he gotta be there for his friend. Um unfortunately. So, so I mean, we, I mean, we can kind of jump to that, really. So, because like I say, a lot of stuff that goes on is like basically after you get to a certain point in the movie, it's basically like it's a race to the end, basically, of where Bleeding did no, excuse me, Bleeding did all this shit. Giant and got so caught up with his money debts, uh, Mo and Josh they end up catching up to um, Giant at the club in the bathroom because he basically been holding like he got to go to the bathroom for so long. He finally like, all right, I can go. And he ended up going to the stall, and these jokers are sitting there in the damn bathroom waiting on him. They hem his ass up. Okay, everybody just stand there and watches this man get hoisted out the club. Mm-hmm. Like, like really, y'all just stand there and watch. Even, I mean, I understand why Bleak didn't, because he's on the stage performing. He just kind of sees it out the corner of his eye. But they walk past Shadow. They walk past everybody else. They walk past Clark. They just stand there and watch. And then. Charlie Murphy and the other dude that's supposed to be like the bouncers, they just standing there at the door watching and they beating the shit out of him in the alley. Because I think the thing was uh, what the movie had set up from the beginning of it was that people don't really fuck with Giant. Yeah. Like, you cool because Bleak, you know, we cool with you because of Bleak, but if Bleak went around, nobody would fuck with Giant. So it's like they didn't care. They, they could have murdered that man. They wouldn't give a goddamn. So they just they just stand in that lady because it's funny too when they take him in the in the alley. He take off his hat, he, he give him the glass, like don't break him. It's like <laughs> smash the shit out of his glasses. And then they start beating the shit out of him. They just standing back there just laughing. So the set over, bleak come out. Wait a minute. That set was a madman set because <laughs> he was trying to get through it and help his friend. Yeah. <laughs> like you he, he know what's going on. So yeah, like so he basically like get the fuck out of the set. So he finally come out there, still got the damn trumpet in his hand at that. Comes out there, so he gets in the middle. Of it, like of course Samuel Jackson doing his his Sam Jackson shit. <laughs> like oh you want to get in this too? So they start like beating on him. But then when he go to hit bleak and he put the trumpet up, oh you son of a bitch, give me the goddamn trumpet <laughs> and. He take it and smash him across the mouth, and that boy, he was he, he was done. He was out of here. So, and then the fact that they beat him up, throw his ass in the garbage right next to uh, Giant, and then put the trumpet on him, and then cross his arms. I was like, shit. Why did it take for the rest of the band to finally come there and push through to finally? Get oh out man, bleak! Oh shit! Let's get some more lip. 
yeah. Um, let me not have friends like that. Let's just say that because I need y'all. If something happened to me, I need people on the point. It's like it's like okay, all right. I understand if y'all didn't care about giant like that, but bleak. Like, come on, like, wait a minute. Yeah, he might be an asshole, but he was still cool. And you see this man, and then he get like I say, the way he get hit in the mouth with his trumpet, and that shit was like, ugh. Bust that shit to the white meat. And the way it was split up too, it was like it was almost like a hair lip, but that shit was, it was like, oh, this shit fucked up. So everybody all concerned about him. He end up in the hospital. His dad is there and everything. And then we kind of get okay. Let me ask you this: Did it feel like like how the pace of the first half of the movie up to that point goes? But then when you get to where he gets beat up and everything ends up in the hospital, did it feel like it was like a race to the end at that point? No, not really. Um, I don't feel that. I feel like the you know the story needed to get to a certain point where, like, he was down bad. Like he 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 may be a new member of the down bad squad, um, but you needed to get to that point to show because the question was asked to him: If you couldn't play no more, what would you do? Yeah. So I'd probably curl up and die. And he really meant that shit too. At the time, he really meant that. But we saw what happened. His life continued. He, he continued on. Couldn't play no more. He tried to, unfortunately. And that Ugh. was that was sad. So yeah. So he finally somewhat get himself together after he's there on the damn on his back on the floor <laughs> trying to, to listen. He just looked like that, what, was that you that uh, podcast episode on Hood Classics. <laughs> <laughs> was you was you on the floor just with a microphone? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um <laughs> you know what? Yeah, yes, 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 that was me. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, oh, the worst thing ever. Y'all would never know this experience of having to roll tape back into a tape uh uh, uh cassette. Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, I remember that shit. Good lord, rough. <laughs> but yeah, that basically was me. Um, and and that's a that's an inside joke. Um, <laughs> for everybody. Uh, so yeah, go over to uh Jeff versus the world. Um, hood classes. Listen to that Predator Two episode if you want to hear me down bad on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> like I said, I can laugh about it now, but when you in it, like I said when I posted that Michael B. Jordan picture, when you in that shit, it's it's rough. Boys. Just get a smile and a nod. Yeah, right? And your eyes, but your eyes tell the whole story. Um, but yeah, so he, you know, he finally kind of cleaned himself up and he goes to this spot where uh bleak, oh not bleak, but uh shadow, you know, his band is performing. He runs into giant and everything. He comes inside and we get to see what Clark is finally performing because that's what she wanted. You know, like you talked about earlier. That's what that's what she wanted. She wanted to get, mm-hmm. like you said, get put on. And is and that song Harlem Blues, it, it kind of sums up the story, it sums up bleak in a way too. Um, and I thought she did a good job singing it because that's really her singing too. Yeah, um, I think she came out, I think she came out with like a uh, album or something. Could be wrong. I thought she did. I'll, well, I'll probably look it up and see. Um, but so Shadow, he is up, you know, he basically, I feel like at that point. Like all the 
the beef and stuff that they had going on finally kind of went away after what happened to Bleak and you know he went on to do his thing. I feel like that kind of finally was easy. He was basically trying to you know give a branch to a to an old friend like hey so you know if you want to come back come on let's see what you know what you what you can do you know and put you back on basically. Also and, too the uh the problem with their relationship was basically you had two alphas. Yeah. And, and and at that point, you know, two alphas are not gonna be in a group for too long. So they needed to go their separate way. But the accident, well, the uh, beat down of Bleak was the the push that I guess uh Shadow actually really needed because he always talked about it. But it was more like just talk. So when Bleak got out the paint, it was more like, all right, y'all wanna keep this running with me? And that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. So Bleak, he goes up there, you know, he got his trumpet. Everybody was kind of happy to see him. And I mean, at first he was, you know, he, he was sounding all right, but then it's when, when it kept going, and it's like, ugh, like, wait a minute, you ain't hitting these notes all right. And and you even hear the groans from the crowd, like, mm, like, uh-uh. Yeah. And it was because Clark is looking at him, saying, even Shadow is kind of looking like shit. So Shadow tried to jump in, you know, he taped back over and Clark, she just sitting there looking and he just, man, I got to get the fuck out of here because I ain't got it no more. The game ain't in me no more. Uh, it's gone. Yeah. So he, he ended up leaving and goddamn giant looking like fucking inspector gadget with that damn trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck you look Because, like? I mean, I, I ain't mentioning it, but in this movie, okay, he's called giant, but this man is little as shit and why was he wearing them overgrown baggy ass suits? And it was like, what the fuck are you doing? Man, you forgot. That's that was basically uh 1990 Arsenia Hall fits. That's basically yeah, but, what he was wearing. Yeah, but on him that shit looked like something. Oh, I, I still understand, but that was the style. So yeah, it was, was just, it was thing. I mean, but at least old like Dizel and Wesley and them because they were bigger dudes, but on yeah. that shit was swallowing his ass all up. <laughs> but Oh, so you know, Blee, he just like fuck this shit. I gotta get out of here. So he goes to Indigo's place, of all places. That's where he go. Mm-hmm. And just like this whole scene, cause she she even basically tells him like, you only here just because, cause you can't play no more. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm your safe. I'm your you know you you basically selling for me, cause you can't do what you want to do no more. Pretty much. Um. But then it's like she opened her arms to him. So and she love him. She love him. But she know she know why he's there. And I asked, and I think that was always my issue with the movie. If Bleak came back, performed like he used to, and could do it, you know, got back on the game, he wouldn't have did that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wouldn't. He would still have been a selfish asshole. But but because he was down bad and he knew, well, I can't play no more. You all I got in the beginning. Don't tell me you love me or making love because it was not. And I know you don't love me. She already knew what the you know what the set of their relationship was. We never really got that type of talk with her, him and um, um Indigo. So it was a little bit different with those two. So it was more like, yeah, because you could see more of a like a a deeper conversation. And it wasn't deep, deep, but it was like. They would talk about other things every time him and Clark got together. It was more of like, let's fuck. That's mm-hmm. basically what it was like. Yeah. Pretty pretty much. But 
So he, you know, they end up getting together. They get married. Everybody shows up, even because I, I guess at that point in time, uh, Clark and Shadow, they, they a thing, right? Um, I guess. Yeah. So I mean, she performed because he had a whole woman that he needed to change the sheets for. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And you know, you, you know, you're in a bad spot where you gotta have giant come. Hey, uh, I need your help with something. And like what? Like this woman, she can sm- she can sniff me out. She even count my rubbers. Like yep. what? Like wait a minute. Like if you got a woman like that, you don't you don't need it. But like he said, <laughs> well, one, <laughs> she a mother in bed, and two, well, <laughs> you know it is what it is type of thing. Um. But if I had, if I was in in a situation like that where a woman got to sniff my sheets and count my room, like, mm, no, nah, we don't need to be together, cause that that just that's a recipe for disaster. But, uh-huh. um, but yeah, so uh, Bleak and uh, Indigo they get married. Everybody show up. They all having fun. Then she get pregnant, and it's basically like a montage at the end, which is kind of interesting. You don't really get this. We usually get this like in the middle of a movie, not at the end of the damn movie but yeah so she get pregnant they have a son they name him miles and Mm. hmm, what happens he start playing the trumpet and he want to go outside play too don't he (laughs) yeah he do he he not like bleak i gotta do my lesson like that (laughs) even though it's funny that it's the same kid that played young bleak is it I didn't yeah, because when they showed in the credits, they he's credited as Young Bleak and Miles. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but it's that full circuit thing, and it's funny. Like uh, at that point, Bleak is looking like how his dad looked. Like in the beginning, we got the mustache. He ain't got the glasses, but he got the mustache. He's older now, and oh, his dad cared about was that damn Mets game, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Like, but. Just like how, how you feel about like how they basically do the ending, and did he he basically settled for this life because he couldn't do what he wanted to do no more? Yeah, it's 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 okay. So if anybody knows me and knows when I talk about movie, movies, but about selling, there's one movie in this world I can't I, I despise, and that's Love and Basketball. I despise mm. them because that movie is about selling. Yeah, and I I don't think I like the way that it was. I don't like that third act. That third act just is just annoying to me. But in this, it was more of a thing of, okay, I can actually see this because of their relationship that was established in the beginning. Even though he was a piece of shit and even though he had Clark, Clark was more of a physical thing, a more of a thing of, yeah, you know, my trouble. Because he even told, he even told um, Wesley, Wesley Snipes that, oh, she ain't got my name on her, so you can do what you want to do. He never said nothing like that about Indigo or anything like you know what I mean. Yep. It was always uh to me, he held Indigo in higher regards, but still quite wasn't ready to give his all to a relationship because he was still all about his music. But once the music is taken away, he had to learn what am I, who am I? Other than the music, who am I? So he had to figure it out. And I think Indigo was that one person. In his life that knew him outside of music. Yeah. Because like, we never saw him pray in the morning with Clark or anything like that. Like, oh, did yeah. she even care about that? She didn't care about nothing. He said, you know, my practice hour from one to three. So why are you here? 
Because I want to see you. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, it was a, it was a thing of, I think it was more of a physical thing with those two. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. But I, but, uh, uh, I think I'm a little, a, a skilled spike. If this movie had came out 10 years later, would it put a little more nuggets in there so you will understand that? You know, I think so because, okay, one thing we didn't talk about in something that the movie doesn't really talk about, but I've always had this feeling about it, is that because we don't get more of the relationship between Bleak and his mother, I always felt like the reason he was the way he was mainly was because of his mother. Probably. Like I said, a, a, a season spike would have probably expanded on that a little bit, but he was just trying to set the stage of what yeah. she wanted me to practice and not actually start loving this thing. So, yeah. So I always felt like, you know, the mother, his mother played more of a role in his personality than anything, but we never got to see that. Cause we only see her at the beginning and I guess she passed away at some point. And it was yeah. Just, don't even bring her up no more. See, and that's what I say. Spike got some, ah, uh, you could just go back to his movies and just be like, well, why didn't even the father bring her up? You know, he would be like, you know, I miss your mother every day. Or she loved you. She just had her own way of showing it. We didn't get any of that. It was just like, oh, she's not there anymore. Yeah. So, um, so he, uh, let's say, um, and I, I did, like I say, one thing I like about the ending that it does come back full circle of like how the movie began and is now yeah. instead of the dad is bleak now as, you know, as a father watching yeah. his son basically, you know, grow up and, I feel like too that maybe his dad went through something similar when he was younger and maybe bleak in a way in some type of way I feel like he might be with his son ending that generational trauma thing. I think so. Maybe but, but his father was like let him go outside or whatever. You know, you got to practice. You ain't going outside till you finish practicing. Yeah, he's like, but, all right, you gotta you gotta practice this practice and you know then you can go outside. But I gotta watch this game. <laughs> right, yeah, I gotta see the Mets. I gotta I gotta see whoever was hell on the Mets at that time in, in the 70s. I don't know. Yeah. But but um but yeah, but the difference is I think Indigo was not like Bleak's mother, at least. She was like, you know, okay, you can go. And it was like, yeah, you can go. It wasn't like, oh, you gotta finish this and mm. then you so I feel like maybe that was like breaking that that chain. A little bit. Um, at least that's how I interpret it. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a thing of breaking that thing of you know let let it come to him. Let's not force it on him. Mm-hmm. Because look what happened to you. Because it was forced yeah. onto you. Um, type of thing. So I mean, that's I mean that's pretty much like how the movie goes. Um, it's on Peacock, so I definitely recommend people checking out. If you've never seen um, Mo Better Blues, I definitely recommend checking it out. Oh yeah, uh, I think it's a must watch. Yeah, and I mean, if even if you don't like jazz, anything because for some reason, you know, a lot of black people don't like jazz, and each, even though that's a, that's a scene in the movie about our right. people, you know, they don't even come see us. You know what I'm saying? They don't even support. That's basically saying you know, black folks don't support jazz. Yeah, which I mean, there's some there's some damn good jazz out there. I mean, if I need to get back to posting my uh, Thelonious Monk, I stopped doing that. I need to I need to get back yeah, to posting. Put some more Monk up there. Yeah. You know, uh, sidebar, I was in the jazz band. I played the trumpet. Bleak Gilliam is the reason why I played trumpet for. Let me make sure I count this right. 
for four years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, look at that. Well, okay, so I mean, I wasn't in a in a band in a jazz band, but in school, well, I said middle school, I played the trombone, and oh, elementary school I actually played the trumpet. Oh. Um, it was in the marching band too. I was in the marching band. Yeah, too. I was. Yeah, in, in middle school, I was in the marching band. Yeah, yeah. I, I know how. I, if you in Florida, I know that marching band. All right, y'all got some steppers. <laughs> I know what it is. Yeah, I, I was. I was a big stepper. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, girls and 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 basketball came a calling, and I I put that trombone down. They never picked it back up. <laughs> you know, I, I always think I said, man, if I wanted, because I did it from uh, freshman to senior year, I was just in the band, everything, concert band, jazz band, marching band. I'm like, man, I should play sports, but it was cool. It was, it was cool. Yeah, see, like I say, when I got, I say, girls in sports, and I put it in that order for a reason. Um, that's that's what that's what took that's what got me, and after that, that's what, it was all about basketball throughout high school. Yeah, so I don't know. Hmm. You, you know, you just gave me an idea about something. Maybe I was just, I got a, maybe I got a story to write, and that could be similar to this. Um, Draymond Green. <laughs> but, but yeah, that's pretty much the movie. Uh, before we get up out of here, of course, um, do you have a favorite character? Bleak, even though he was wilding. In the movie, he's still my favorite character because he's complex. And I think, especially in that time in a man's life, we don't get quite his age. So I'm guessing he in his late 20s, early 30s. Yeah, pretty much whatever Denzel was in real life at that time. Probably. I'm just going to say, being around that age, when we're in our 20s, we don't got that shit together. We do not have that shit together at all. So we just trying to figure it out. And we trying to live our fucking Clark Gable like we out here just macking at everybody and shit. It is, yeah. <laughs> I just can relate. I can relate to it. Yeah, I yeah. I can relate and still can kind of relate. That's another inside joke. Um, <laughs> but uh, as far as a movie rating, what would you rate it out of five trumpets? I would give it four trumpets only because, like I said, a season spike would have cleaned up the movie a little bit. I think he would have cleaned it up. I think he wouldn't have had so many um, performance scenes, mm. musical scenes. Mm. Uh, that's just me. I just think this is a, like and the thing about the mother really sticks out there that you bring that up. That like she was in the beginning and nobody talked about her, nobody brought her up, or we didn't get the dynamic of their relationship. A season spike, I think, would have handled that a lot better. So four, four trumpets. Okay, yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much with you. Uh, four trumpets also. Um, but do you? Because th- we talking about a season spike now. I never watched. Uh, She's got to have it on Netflix. I never watched it. Um, but do you think that he could basically make Mo Better Blues into like a Netflix series to kind of expand on certain things if he wanted to? Um. Like with his son, like his son just you know, being bleak. I mean, it, I mean, if you if you wanted to go that route and say, yeah, like, or just retell it. Oh yeah, retell. Like I like what he did with "She's Got to Have It." Uh, I think it's possible. I think it's possible because I, I think it, like like we talking about it, it would it would it would give the opportunity to expand on certain stuff and even 
kind of put it in even more of a today's you know climate as far as like how relationships go and you know and everything like that so like if they want to do a retelling of let's see how the band came together originally and yeah and, and yeah, also I, how he how how him and clark got together how him and indigo got together see more yeah. of their dynamics mm, it's possible i don't you know i don't think it's been a you know fan thing oh you should bring it on netflix but that, that's a good idea though yeah. so spike if you're listening just cut me that check because I, I put the idea out there <laughs> that's all i ask um yeah uh but before before we get out of here um since i last time i had you on i asked uh so what you been watching what the hell have i been watching because you're always watching a lot of shit. oh i started this morning while i was um working out i was watching um what's this movie called hold on let me make sure i get the title right because i was watching on hbo max uh give me a minute folks the power of editing <laughs> I, I was watching the car counter um yeah i've watched half of it it's it's not what i thought it was um <laughs> let's just see that. that's, that's that's the one with oscar isaac and tiffany haddish right yeah okay so i'm halfway done um just the way the movie set up is not what I expected so far. Mm. I'll just say that. Um, okay. Oscar, Oscar, Oscar is always outstanding. Um, Tiffany Haddish, I'm just not sure about her character. I feel like her character got a got a motive. We just ain't found out yet. So, like I said, I'm halfway through it. We just not finished because she asked too many questions right now. And I'm like, why she has so many questions? But, mm, yeah. <laughs> um. Well, well, let's see. Uh, actually i need to i gotta start miss marvel so i can listen to y'all first episode that y'all did talking about miss marvel um and also i gotta watch episode four of uh, obi-wan but i did watch and i was surprised i actually sat and watched it i watched concussion with will smith i never seen that movie i never had to i just i knew i just didn't you know gravitate towards wanting to see that movie but how is it I look okay, so I didn't want to watch it either because when you know like the like what really went on with with dudes and everything, that shit is depressing as hell. And I remember when that movie came out, I was like, I'm gonna never watch this fucking movie because it is depressing as hell. Especially when they started talking about what was going on and like what these dudes are doing. And I remember seeing like some of that stuff how it played out when they would talk about the dudes killing themselves on sports and like uh, the dude. Uh, that ran went head on into the 18 wheeler on the on the highway i remember them talking about that on sports center or about t- what terry long did by drinking a damn antifreeze and shit and mike webster and all that and i remember i remember hearing about it so i was like i never want to see this fucking book but for some reason it was on live um because i was on amazon and i was like man let me just well, i'll just put it on let me let me see and i was like will smith is damn good in this movie he he does a damn good job in that movie. And the movie is good. It's just it's depressing with some of that stuff. Like just watching how it how it played out with those dudes. And yeah, it, I, so I would I don't recommend people to watch it. Like if, if you don't want to know too much about like how they came up about the whole CTE thing and what the NFL knew and just that ugly side of the business and what they knew and didn't know and and everything if you don't want to see anything about that i i, I do not recommend watching 
but it is a good movie. I, I, I have to admit it is good. Um, uh, so I watched that and then I actually, I watched free guy on uh, HBO max. Did you enjoy it? I thought it was good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's kind of silly at points and everything, but that was the point. I, I think, I, I think yeah. I to talk about it. That was the whole point. Um, I mean, it's in the sequel, so that must have been outstanding. But but um, yeah, I had fun watching it. So yeah, and I mean, I mean Ryan Reynolds, he he they, he finally found his lane. He 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 found yeah, it. They they figured it out. I think Deadpool was a godsend because they were like, oh, that's what you were doing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Hollywood kind of got it now. So he just, you know. He's he's good now. He's Gucci. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I I enjoyed it. I mean, it, yeah, like I say, it's goofy, of course, because it's like a video game that they're living in. Right. But but at the same time, it does have like a a good message also in it. That's you know, it has kinda, a charm to it. it has yeah, a charm to it. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been watching here recently. Um, and everything. But but Jeff, thank you for of course coming on. Um, like I say. Talking about some Mo Better blues. All right. Um, Have you started P Valley yet? No, I, I haven't watched P Valley. Oh, what are you waiting for? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. You should. You you definitely should watch. Um, because I know I didn't watch it. I don't think I watched it when it started. I watched it like maybe a couple of episodes. Three or four episodes in the first season, I think. Or maybe I did start watching. I can't remember. All I know is that um, this is a really good show. Mm-hmm. Really good show. Um, so I'm going to enjoy this episode two for season two. Easy watches, too. Easy okay. watches. Okay. I, I mean, I, well, I went, oh, well, another thing I started because now, yeah, we're talking about shows. I started watching Snowfall from the beginning. Yeah. I remember you told me that last um, episode. Yeah. I was on. yeah, yeah. So. So yeah, as a matter of fact, I need to I need to watch episode two. I'll probably do that later. Um and everything. I'm gonna get my hair cut later too. So I'll probably after that I'll probably probably watch an episode of uh, Franklin Saint and and him being the You still on season one? Yeah. Only like I said, I only watched the first episode. Okay. Um, and everything. So I'm I'm not in like a rush rush. I like i you know, I'll I'll just gradually go through it. So I I I something telling me after you get past the first season, you could be Gobbling them shits up like this candy, <laughs> like I'm a crackhead or something. Yeah, I think you are because that, like I said, after that first season, this show breezed by. All right, well, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I've been watching. But uh, Jeff, sir, the floor is yours if you would like to plug anything. Hey, got some stuff to plug. Well, I think I do. Um, first and foremost, uh, I am Jeff from Jeff versus the World. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeff versus the World. You can follow me also on Instagram at the real Jeff versus the world. Uh, this week's episode, Captain Marvel is out there. It's our three year anniversary unofficial episode because we were supposed to celebrate in March, but somehow we forgot we were just recording and not even thinking about it until Shahid asked me. I was like, oh, yeah. So this is our unofficial third year anniversary. Captain Marvel, the first episode we did. We felt like it was a bad episode. It was distorted. I don't even know if you can find an episode now. I think it's still on SoundCloud. I don't know where it's at. But anyway, um, we redid it. Uh, that was great. Uh, we also dropped this week uh, the miss first episode of Miss Marvel recap show, which I think um, 
Shahid did absolutely a fantastic job in this episode <clears throat> being Muslim and explaining what the Muslim character means to him and and how people view black Muslims because there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really dope and insightful. So that's out there. And um, yeah, next week we'll be recording. When are we recording? We're recording um, X-Men Days of Future Past. Oh, now there was an argument last week about this movie. Is it good, bad, mid? Uh, it was just a whole bunch of chaos going on about on a timeline on Twitter about this movie. I don't quite remember the movie well. She, he feels some way about the movie that he, you know, he enjoys it. He thinks it's great. Some other folks don't. Guess I'll be the deciding factor. <laughs> no, I really want. If you like the movie, you like it. If you don't, you don't. But no, we will be reviewing that next week. Um, <clears throat> other than that, yeah, like I said, if you want to listen to any of my episodes or find all the stuff out that I do, you can go to Jefferson the World Podcast. If you don't want to go there, you want to go to iTunes, Google, or Spotify, wherever you listen to me at, or wherever you listen to uh, this show at, find my show. Leave a review. Leave a, re- a review for this show. It helps us out. Gets our name out there. Gets our show out there. It's, it's just great for everybody. So, uh, yeah, that's all I got going on right now. Well, well, since you went ahead and plugged for both of us, I don't have to do that plug. So I thank you for that. Your check will be in the mail, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I mean, as far as for me, though, um, next week we will be doing a soldier story. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's another inside joke. Um, <laughs> So we're, we're gonna be. So I already know Jeff is gonna build his nonsense when it comes to a certain uh, character with that. So y'all, y'all, you know what? I would be cool. I would be cool because I had to watch it seriously. I was watching it like serious yesterday, so I'm like, all right, my A game with this episode. So yeah, so like I said, we're gonna do a soldier story to continue this whole Denzel Washington month on the podcast, and then the last episode of the month is gonna be he got game and. I have thoughts about that movie because it's funny. Of all the movies that we're talking about this month, He Got Game is the only one I actually saw in the movie theater. Yeah. Really? Yes. So. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, you might be right. That may be the only one I've seen in the movie theater. Yeah. Because. I was too young for the other ones. So, yeah. Yeah, well, let's see. Yeah, I was too. Because I always saw Ricochet on TV. Um, yeah, I saw Ricochet on TV. Same thing with Mo Better Blues. Mo Better Blues, I remember I rented from um, Blockbuster. Or Air, well, it was, I think it was Blockbuster at the time. I don't know. I can't remember. I feel like it was Blockbuster. And I was a damn baby when um, Soldier Story came out. And yeah, I, was too, I was too young to watch Soldier Story. <laughs> yeah, but I did see it on TV. But He Got Game was the first one. I think, matter of fact, I think that's the first Spike Lee movie I saw at the movie theater, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's gonna be interesting to talk about the Jake and Jesus Shuttlesworth and all that good stuff. But that's at the end of the month. Talk about that great actor by Ray Allen. Man, what I tell you about bringing some more dogs? Or Jim Brown just being the angry black man. You know this motherfucker being sick. Oh, Jim Brown, look it up. Ah. Jim Brown just just angry. <laughs> just <laughs> You know what I appreciate about the movie that it took me a long time to notice 
how in certain scenes you can see them in the background following him. Yes. Yeah, they just lurking. Yeah, I was like, man, these dudes lurking for real. <laughs> like, hey, we gotta keep on this. Look, yeah. you out for a week. Like, don't they don't get no ass. ideas. <laughs> don't, don't get no ideas, motherfucker. Shoot your ass in the back. But, pretty much <laughs> but but yeah that's gonna be interesting to talk about at the end of the month but next week's episode yeah soldier story is definitely gonna be because i haven't seen it in forever so yeah it's, it's gonna be interesting to talk about um mm-hmm. so that's pretty much it for this episode jeff thanks once again for coming on join me this episode like i say we will be back next week to talk about a soldier story and peace peace John Coltrane, a man supreme, he was the cream. He was the wise one, the impression of Afro Blue and of the promise that was not kept. He was a giant step. And there was Ornette Coleman, he was another soul man, the original invisible, playing great music. I wonder why the bankers couldn't use it. Now listen, see, the real mystery is how music history created Paul Whiteman or any other white man and pretended he originated. I contended that he innovated a jazz thing. Of course, the three has no hope to really blow. Scheming on the meaning of a jazz thing. Damn, music.